Welcome back to the channel. I'm your your host for today, Claire Headley, and um, we appreciate you being here. Welcome back to SPTV Network. Um, this is our my next segment of Scientology Stories, in which I am interviewing past and present members of the Church of Scientology in regards to abuses and um, various different stories of what we have all experienced. My guest for today is someone I am very excited to speak with. I consider this amazing woman to be actually one of the founding members of SPTV Network here on YouTube. My guest for today is Tori Chrisman. I will add Tori to the stream. Welcome, Tori. Hey, see you, Claire. Thank you for interviewing me. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. I'm so excited. Um, one of the main reasons I wanted to especially speak with you, aside from, I mean, hey, you've been speaking out against Scientology now for more than 20 years. Right. Yes. Amazing. You are a true warrior princess. <laughs> But also specifically, we kind of, in the lives that we've been doing lately, we laugh or, you know, kind of poke fun at Osa, who we know is watching, saying, hey, Osa, come on out. You can start your life over. It's better out here. You too can be free. And it struck me that you're really a living example of that. So I figured what better story to tell than yours? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, of course. So where would you like to start? Um, well, a couple things. First of all, I always try to remind people, because many people may be new to this, and I try to remind them that when I got in Scientology, it was in 1969. There was no internet. There was no access to the information that everyone around the world now has. Yes. You know, so people can type in things, and and when they see it, they're like, how could you possibly stay in that, right? Yes. Knowing the information they know. And when I explain there's no internet, there's no information. If you dared to go to someone's house who'd left, you're declared suppressive, which is, you know, SPT TV, right? Yes. You know, where we're like the most evil people on the planet. You lose all your connections with every single friend and your family if they're in it, which my husband definitely, he was born in it. And, um, Anyway, it's a very tricky thing. So so to wake up and leave was monumental for me because yes. I, I, I wasn't reading the Internet. The Internet was around, but I wasn't reading. It. I was too afraid to read it. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And you make a good point. I think it's fair to say that without the Internet, if something did happen that you thought, well, wow, this can't be right. As when you were in Scientology, the tendency is was to rationalize it of, oh, that's just an isolated instance. This is not a prevalent practice within Scientology, right? And which is where the Internet has truly changed the right. face of Scientology, wouldn't you say? Right. Totally. And I call it the closet because it's sort of like from very early on, I was doing a communication course. And in that, L. Ron Hubbard said you can handle any problem with affinity, reality, communication, which are like triangles. And I came out of that, that uh, one of the, you know, my day at, on the communication course, and this Sea Org member was screaming at another one, really mean. And I thought, now, wait a minute, what happened to, 
you know, communication is a universal sovereign. Right. But to me, those are the kind of things that all through your lifetime in Scientology and in, and also listening to this, you know it's true that there are things that you see that you go, this isn't right. You know, you know it isn't right, but you put it in the closet because right. it's sort of like, okay, I'll leave it in the closet and continue on because yes. that's just the way it is. Yeah. And the, the other thing I kind of is is that it's like the Truman Show. If you haven't seen that movie, rent it, watch it. That is Scientology. It's like Truman was in a TV show and literally, you know, couldn't see the walls. And everyone else around him was talking about it, just like we are right now. Right. But Truman himself, and even if Scientologists are watching it, they're like, I can't see it. I don't know it. I'm not, you know, they yes. would send me out to handle critics and they would be telling me facts. And I would be like, I call it plexiglass, where it's just like, I don't hear it. Yeah. I don't hear it. <laughs> you know, it's like, I know that's false. I know you're listening to evil people and that's all that's happening. So I'm yes. not listening. Yes. Amazing. So we will, we, yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. And, and tell me about how you got into Scientology, where you got to, how many years you spent, and then let's talk about what happened when you, what led to you getting out. Okay. So I got in, in 1969, someone gave me a Dianetics book, which Scientology always says, read a book, right? Yes. And it, th these were two kids from high school that, that brought it over to me. And I wanted to be a doctor. I was in college and I wanted to be a doctor. My grandfather was a doctor and that was my plan. But then once I got in college, I was like, I'm not going to make it through four years of college and four years of medical school and internships. And it's just like, forget it. And they gave me this Dianetics book and I thought I could go there and be an auditor. And that's about as good as being a doctor. I really thought at the time, a yeah. Dianetic auditor. And so I had an argument with my dad. I said, he, and he said, go to bed. And I'm, I'm a big night owl. And I said, dad, I'm in college. You know, come on, give me a break. And yes. he said, it's our morals or no school. So I wrote on my mirror, your morals or no school, screw you. And I packed my bag and I hitchhiked from Chicago to LA, to Asho. Wow. And how old and were the you? the back of the book, I, I mean, I don't know. I was like 20 or something. Okay. I, I don't remember, but... Um, but it was in 1969 and I was born in 47. So figure it out. I think I was 22. I, I don't know. Yeah. But, but I'm, I, you know, I'd been in Haight-Ashbury as a hippie and I, I'd been in college, left college, went to New York, then from New York, went to San Francisco, became a hippie. Then from that back to college and had my argument with my dad, thought, all right, that's it. I'm going to go be a Scientologist. And in the back of the Dianetics book, it says St. Hill, England, or American St. Hill in LA. And I thought, I don't have the money to get to England. So it looks <laughs> like I'm going to LA. And I packed my bags. And back then, hitchhiking was pretty normal. I mean, yes. a lot of people hitchhiked. So I did it by myself. I mean, it's kind of amazing. Chicago's a long way. For yeah. people who don't know it, it's a, it's a long, long way. Yes. So anyway. So you that moved to LA and became a Scientologist. I did. And then I joined the Sea Org after a couple of years. And I was out on the boulevard out in the L.A. Harbor, and I have epilepsy. I haven't had a seizure in 30 years, but the medicine controlled that. Yes. And I ran out of my medicine. And, they, and I said, look, I've got to get a refill on my medicine. 
And they sent me to the MLO, which is the medical liaison officer, which if you're in and you hear this, they are completely non-medically trained. They know nothing about medicine. Yes. So, but being already in the brainwashing for a couple of years when I joined the Sea Org, I thought, well, they know everything. So I'll listen to him. And he said, you know, we're the top 10% of the planet. We don't take medicine. So we're going to take you off your medicine. You're going to do Dianetics and vitamins. And that's it. Wow. And I started having massive grand mal seizures, like massive, horrible grand mal seizures. To the point where I would carry a sign saying, my name is Tori Christman. Um, I'm a scientist. If you find me, tell me I'm a Scientologist. I'm on planet Earth. Let me know that I'll be okay and leave me alone. You know, because oh people goodness. would always come over you and start, you know, doing stuff. And it, it just made it worse. Yeah. So anyway, I had all these seizures. And thankfully, thank God, my mother stayed on it. And my, and if you're a parent and you have a child in Scientology, I can't say it enough. Because my mom and I were not close at this time. We were as little kid when I was a little kid, but not now. Yeah. And um, but she stayed on it. She saw it. And she said, she'd call me and say, what's up? And I'd tell her and anyway, she stayed on it. And finally I was going out on a date and she said, what are you doing tonight? And I said, I'm going out on a date. And she said, okay, where, uh, I'll call you tomorrow. So she called me the next day and she said, how was your date? And I said, what date? And she said, okay, that's it. And you were still in the Sea Org at this time. No, they'd routed me out. Oh, okay. We Okay. Gotcha. So they'd routed me out. Okay. And they said I owed a hundred million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars because I was a freeloader. And I said, bullshit. I'm not a freeloader. Right. And I said, I'm going to write the one sane man I know on the planet, which was L. Ron Hubbard, which right. I told that to the Skeptic Society, and they all burst out laughing. I never <laughs> I, I never put that together, right? It was very funny. But anyway, I wrote to him and he said, You're right, you don't owe that money, just you go for staff status one and two continue on up the line, basically handle epilepsy, and then we'll see you back in the Sea Org. So my whole goal was to get back in the Sea Org for years. Okay. Right? Yeah. So anyway, there's that. But my mother said, you know, how was your date? I said, what date? She said, okay, here's the deal, Tori. Either you are back on your medication today and your doctor calls me and tells me you're back on your medication for epilepsy. She said, this is not a psychiatric, a psychosomatic illness. Right. This is a physical illness and you need your medication. And I can hear th- they're going to kill you. The- yes. You're on the route to being dead. So your doctor is going to call me today and tell me you're back on your medication or I am personally going to fly from Chicago out to L.A. and believe me on this story. Scientology and L. Ron Hubbard will never, ever forget your mother. <laughs> I knew my mom. Thank goodness for your mom. I mean, Amazing. my mom was my and, and my dad was a broadcaster. He's a professional football player and a broadcaster at the time on NBC. So I knew they had all these media lines. And I knew my mom. She was a big PR person. And I thought, she's not going to come out and ball them out. She's right. going to go on TV and be on, like, 50 stations, you know what I mean? Saying yes. don't let your kids get in Scientology. She was about ready to become good. their worst nightmare, right? Right. <laughs> yes. So immediately 
they put me, you know, Dr. Dan called, got me back on my medication and I stopped having seizures, but they started picking on me every, all, for 30 years. You know, did you get off your medicine? Did you handle epilepsy? You know, this whole thing, you know, and basically towards the end, I said, really, there's only like, there's a handful of people, like five people that I can say the word epilepsy too. And they don't just go, Ooh, you know, you're a degraded being. You're like awful, you know, just all the awful things that they have about anyone with any kind of physical illness. Right. It's awful. Yeah. It's yeah, really it awful. And I highly recommend anyone with a physical illness run as fast as you can away from Scientology because they will never fix it. And they will only hurt you. I know tons and tons of people who are either who have died or other awful things. Makes sense. Yeah. And thank so goodness anyway, you that survived. Was, was uh, you know, so now I'm in Scientology, but out of the Sea Org. Yes. And back on my medication. So I'm not having seizures. People are always saying, how could you be taking medication? And I'm like, L. Ron Hubbard wrote a policy. Maybe you didn't read it, but it's called... If it isn't true for you, it isn't true. Mm -hmm. That was not true for me, right? And I said, you have a grand mal seizure. And then come talk to me about medication, right? But in the meantime, step over there. So I literally was like whittling down friends because I I couldn't be around people that are like, oh, he's BTS. I'd be like, all right, they're off my list. You know, because it was just too restimulative to be around, which restimulative means upsetting, Yes, and of course, PTS, meaning potential trouble source, which Scientology would say the only reason, quote unquote, that you were having seizures is because uh, you were a potential trouble source. They did. And again, with no medical training, like you said, no authority to say that under the sun, moon or stars. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my whole medical thing. And I always say that was part of what got me out because I spent, I ended up getting the flag land base crammed, corrected, all the technical people on the flag land base, which Scientology's big thing in Clearwater, Florida, I got them corrected on medicine. And they wrote a senior CS international bulletin about medicine saying if someone has tried to get off their medicine and it's not psychiatric medicine, they can get auditing. Hmm. So everyone got corrected on that. And tons of people that were stopped, including my mother-in-law at the time, was trying to get onto OT8. She was OT7, which is their Again, if you think of a triangle, Scientology, OT7, all the OT things are up in the top range of a triangle. And all the rest is below it. So when I escaped out, I said, I started making those videos. And I said to Miscavige, just cut out the OT levels because they don't work. And if you just did the lower bridge, I still think this to this day, if they just did the lower bridge and did even like self-analysis and stuff, just little stuff. They would probably be the biggest self-improvement if they stopped being a religion, stopped all the abuse. Yeah. So, you know, stop the abuse, stop the religion, take down the money, money, and just make it a self-improvement thing. They would be one of the biggest on the planet. Mm-hmm. I really think so. Because yeah. I, I I like the lower bridge. Yeah. And again, for people listening, self-analysis, wouldn't you say is like introductory? It's like recall a, a time you were happy kind of thing. Like yeah. talking about memories. 
It's just talking and someone listening. Yeah. yeah. Really. That's all it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But then, then I, even then I think, well, but I would, I could counter argue and say, wouldn't it be better to have people who are licensed and trained to do that? True. Not- <laughs> True. But I'm just saying, you know, self, yeah. self-improvement things yes. are all usually not trained people. Yes. That, and that's true. And, and of course, self-help is a huge industry, you know, right. Somehow, I'm just saying it, it would, but I'm into glad a, it isn't. Yeah, because it, it doesn't work anyway. So it's it's just as well they stay as they are, <laughs> as they are being a billion dollar destructive cult that that we're going to continue exposing, but right? All the time. I know. I mean, I'm out right. on the street a lot, and people here in LA will say, "Well, they're really expanding now," and I go, "And that's based on what?" Right. And they go. Well, look at all the buildings they have. And I go, exactly. And have yes. you ever looked in any of those buildings? And they go, no. And yeah. I go, okay, if you did, because I've gone from the top of California down to San Diego. And in every Scientology building, there's one to three people in it. Yes. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned that because we've been getting photos of um, the Mike Rinder bobblehead at Scientology orgs all over the U.S. And that oh. is the common denominator. Right. They are completely empty. empty. Yeah. But either way, so back to your story. So so we were talking about flag and, and you had them corrected on being allowed to take your but that medicine. was years after getting in you know yes, i got in of course. and then years later that's what happened yes and how far did you make it on the bridge well the bridge is like again like a triangle yeah. and i made it up to ot7 ot8 is the top yes and i knew so, you- so many ot8s who were really screwed up or dead and so i was that wasn't really my goal to do ot8 yes. and i in the middle of OT7, I quit. I just, I didn't say it to them, but I mentally just went, I'm done. Yeah. And what year was this now? Um, I Actually, when I quit was 1997. I okay. escaped out in 2000. Okay. So it took me, and it was in my head. Do you see what I mean? I just went, I'm done. That's it. I'm never, ever this lifetime or any other future lifetimes, because Hubbard builds into your head. It's not just this lifetime. It's lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Right. So I think a lot of people stay in thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. I get screwed up next lifetime. And yep. it's like, no, you, you won't get screwed up at all. In fact, <laughs> it'll be much better if you just use L. Ron Hubbard's final PL, which policy letter, which was he used to say the way out is the way through. But if you think about it, I say his final policy was the way out is the nearest door. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great one. (laughs) You just have to walk over to the door, open it up, walk out, and you're free. That's it. They don't have anything on you to keep you except what's in your head. Yes, absolutely. I know you're right. And another great one, you know, in Scientology, they have the whole big thing about the end phenomena, which is you've re- you've attained a certain level when you've reached certain goals, and right. I've heard people say the end phenomena of Scientology is leaving. <laughs> right, right, totally, hundred percent. Yeah. So tell me about those. So nineteen ninety seven, and you eventually left in two thousand. Walk me through what happened there. Okay, what happened there in the nineties? The internet happened, and at that time, I had a best friend. And my auditor, Bill Yachty. 
Okay, so he he was in the Sea Org for a long time, and then for because of his wife, I think they left. So okay. now he's out, and I think it's just a guess, but I think the Office of Special Affairs, which is their legal and PR division, but really it's their top secret mafia. You know, it's the it's kind of they do all the negative things. Yes, the Dirty Tricks Bureau. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think they got with the audience and said, look, you know, per the CEO contract, you can never work with CEO, with anybody, Scientologists again. You can't. It's only come back to the CEO. And his wife didn't want to. Yes. I think he, they said, look, if you handle the internet, you can keep auditing. So he was auditing in the morning and the night at the Enhancement Center, which is one, at the time they were handling celebrities. Okay. At the the Enhancement Center. It's in the Valley. And then in the afternoon, he, or, or wait, no, I'm wrong. It's the other way. In the morning and night, he was doing OSA. And in the afternoon, he was auditing and CSing, which is, you can explain that better than yeah, me. Yeah, because it's just essentially the person that oversees the counseling, just right. checks checks the counseling, the steps that were done, make sure right. that it's being done properly, quote unquote, right. right? Right. So I knew he was on board in the morning and the afternoon. And he came to me and said, look, we've got it. We need you to do something. We don't think anybody else can handle this. And this is sort of how Scientology works. And I didn't realize this till I got out, but it's sort of like totalitarianism where the right hand never knows what the left hand's doing. Completely. So I would have these parties after I got out and all these people would get together. And it was like, okay, I'm in this room. You're in that room. What happened in your room? Right. Yeah, right. You know, because <laughs> nobody knew. Right. And so, so anyway, and I have this really bad short-term memory, which my, I just got with a neurologist who's newly out of med school and, you know, all the schooling. And then he said, look, that is exactly because I, I was really worried about my memory. And he said, no, no, that's what happens with epilepsy. It, it's directly seizures directly harm your memory. Oh, that's wow. what happens. So I always say when I talk, I say to people, look, I have this bad memory problem. So if I get off on a tree and then I talk about, I mean, on a limb of a tree, and then I talk about another limb, I can't remember where I was. So somebody in the audience has to remember what I'm talking about. And it's always somebody who I do. And and they're, you know, so they'll help me bring me back because I just need like one little thing. So you have to remember what I was talking about. Yes. So we were talking about the, so 1997, you, in your mind, you closed out. You're not going to be doing Scientology anymore, but walk me through what happened and how you eventually did okay. get out. Okay. Yes. So, so basically Yachty says, we need you to open up an account. Nobody, nobody can do this. I didn't know anything about the internet. He goes, no one else can do this, but we think you can. And I go, why can nobody else? And he goes, cause you can't walk into an internet place and open up a, an email account. You have to do it online but we think you can walk in and get it started. And we need it started today with an email and a password. You pay with the cashier's check. That's it. Hmm. So I go and do it. And, you know, I had to kind of muscle my way in, but I did. And the guy gave me the email and the password. And I come back to Yachty and he's like, normally he's got a nice smile. He had a grin like California. You know, he was just like so thrilled. And he said, Tori, you have just changed the history of the internet. And I looked at him and I said, 
how could I change the history of the internet when I don't even know what it is? Right. So anyway, long story short, I had said to him in session, I trust you with my life, whatever you need, I'll do. So they knew, you know, I didn't realize I'm saying that to other people. Right. But they knew, okay, she's our mark. She'll do it. Right. We can get her to do it. And I had already done a whole big thing in Clearwater, Florida, earlier in 1979 that had to do with handling Richard Tinney, Save Sparkling Clearwater, Stamp Out Scientology. And Milt Wolf had said, Tori, you need to handle this. And there were only four public Scientologists there at the time. And that was a whole nother story. But anyway, I they they considered that you'd proven yourself essentially. Yeah, I handled it and went kind of from zero to Tori can handle it, right? I was at the top of the list because of handling him. So now Yachty says, I think you can do it. I do it. And so they go, oh, my God, we're going to pay you to fly you around to open up these other accounts. And I go, well, what are you doing with them? And he goes, I'm not going to tell you because these people are really evil, Tori. And, and they will put you in deposition forever. And you don't want that. And I said, and, yeah, true. Yeah. And the people that you're, these people, did he tell you who these evil people were and what they were doing? Of course not. No. Yeah. Okay. No. No, no. I mean, I, you know, I just, I trusted him. Of course. Like they're evil people. You know, I figured they're, you know, he said they're people that have left the church and they're, they're evil and they they have MUs and, you know, all the stuff that they always say about suppressive people. Right. They really didn't get it. And now they're out nattering, which is a word for, you know, talking against the church or tech or anything like that. Yeah. Which speaking of which is funny that they make up different terms for everything. Because you can't just say, oh, they're being critical of Scientology because we've abused people. They right. they have to say they're nattering, which instantly right. means that the person themselves did something wrong, not Scientology, right? Right. And per the technology, if you are nattering, you have bad deeds right. that you're not telling. Yes. So they have to get you in session again and find out, well, what happened? Or send you to ethics and they go, look. Here's your choices. You can go with these guys that are nattering and upset, and you can hear by how mean they are. They're not good people. Or us, the happy, wonderful Scientology with the eternity in, in you know, we have your eternity in mind. Yes. So you can pick which one. But that's it. Those are There is no other choice. Right. Our way Ever. or the highway, right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and the other thing that I realized right before I left is that Hubbard, you know, you you tend to learn different things in Scientology, but Hubbard had built, let's say he, something's all white, but on another area, he built that same thing is all black. Mm-hmm. So see, they could run it either way with you. Right. Let's say you do something, that normally people would go, well, that's out ethics. And right. they'd go, no, 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 per this policy, it's in ethics. Yes. Whatever served their purpose, they could use Whatever it. Whatever served their purpose. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. So okay, anyways, so you, so I opened up the phone accounts. Now I'm flying around. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just opening these accounts. So you're just opening them and then giving the passwords? To Yachty. Okay. And it's all with cashier's checks, which some of the critics have a photograph of me opening one, Osa, just so you know, with the cashier's check. (laughs) They got that from a security camera. So they have proof of it, right? Yes. But anyway, Osa thinks, oh, you know, nobody can ever trace it to the Church of Scientology. That's what they thought back then. 
You know, yes. It's like nobody can and nobody knows and it's top secret. And, and Bill, I had opened 10 different accounts and he was using all 10 of those accounts, just Bill, in his okay. little house, on a little desk. He was all over the internet, you know, being a super wise guy, a guy that knew the tech, somebody that was really funny, somebody that was really kind of snarly, you know, he was all these different things. Okay. And I think he got this. There's a comedian that was on the radio and I heard him one night because he came on and then his boss, quote unquote, came on and said, don't be talking like that. Just shut up. And I thought, God, that's pretty rude for a boss. <laughs> and this went on and on and on. Right. Yeah. And anyway, finally, a real person pops in on the radio because all the voices are him. You know, oh, he's only voices. Yes. And then this real person comes on and and it's like, bingo, we got you. You know, yeah. it, this is all just a joke. So I come home and tell Harold, who was best friends with Yachty, and Harold's my ex-husband. Yeah. And he and he says, oh, yeah, that, we we listen to that all the time. Bill and I, it's very funny. Right. Yes. So that so that was in his head. And I think he came up with this 10 different identities from that comedy routine. Okay. I could be wrong. And Osa would never admit it to each other. You know yes. what I mean? If they're listening, they'll be like, no, no, this was our top secret mafia thing. Yeah. But me, it's so similar because that's what Bill would do. He would go online and say, Elron Hubbard's a liar. And no one would say anything. So he's got to keep it going because back then... And I have to remind people of what it was then compared to now. Back then, it was just linear. It yeah. was a news group. You weren't even on that, right? No, I was yeah. not. <laughs> just a news group. And it was like you would post something. And their view was if they could drive it down the page and onto the second page, no one read the second page. And that's okay, kind so of meaning, So meaning they were trying to drive anything negative about Scientology away from the top of the pile, so to speak. Right, okay. right. Right. So he would come on as L. Ron Hubbard's a liar or someone would come on and say L. Ron Hubbard's a liar. He would yeah. come on and say, that's not true. You know, you, you don't have any facts on that. Yeah. And nobody would answer it. So then he would come on as Myrtle and say, why are you guys always talking about Scientology? Who cares? You know, and he would just keep coming on as these different people until finally a real person would jump into it, which is why for 20 years I've been telling people, look, those guys at OSA have three goals. One is to distract off the hot topics. Yes. As soon as you see a hot topic and then they're talking about their dog, I'm always like, uh-oh, this is a little weird. I mean, not yes. that you can never talk about your dog, but when it's all the time that person hot topic dog or hot topic golf or something, you kind of go, okay, who is that person? Yes. Right. I mean, they're not there. They're not it? there to talk about the hot topic. They're there no. to distract away so from number the hot one topic. thing is distract. Number two is divide and conquer. So that's like get everybody fighting. Yes. Right. And that happens to this day. You know, it where does. <laughs> it so does. I know Mark and, I I mentioned to you, Mark and I always are like when you see we're we're all we're all in this together. Our only right. goal is to stop Scientology abuses. And when you right. see people who have left Scientology at you know go bumping up against each other, I just go, Osa has a hand in that some some way, whether they know it or not. And whatever it is, 
Osa is loving every second of it. So why grant yeah. them that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one is distract, two is divide and conquer. And I didn't know either one of these at the time. Yeah. And three is just slime the area. So no, and I, I was like, why would you do that? And they go, who wants to put their name in just a bunch of junk? You know, so they that that brought up the whole anti-psych thing. They had a whole big thing of anti-psychs. But for me, you have to remember, I had not looked on the Internet because my friend Nancy Maney, Bill said, went insane because she read the Internet. Okay. And she of course, did, Nancy Maney, you and I both know Nancy, again, amazing lady. She left and wrote wrote a book, My, my Billion Year Contract. I'll link to that. But yes, And she was drugged and reverse audited. Auditing is supposed to make you better. Reverse auditing makes you worse. Yes. And so those two things really drove her crazy. And she told me this personally. Okay. But, you know, we didn't know it at the time. You know, it's like, it, it's just tricky. So he was lying to me saying that's what she was going insane because of the Internet. So I thought, okay, I'm not reading the Internet. I don't need to be jumping out windows and stuff like that. Right. And of course, it was new and like right. with anything unknown and Scientology had no no approach or means by which they knew how to deal with this. Right. Right. Well, they did. They they started a whole big thing announcing the Internet's here. Websites are here. Everyone's going to have a website. We're going to put a website on your on your computer so you have one. But they put on it in built into it was a net nanny. Have I remember that? that. Yes. Right. right. This was announced and, by Dave Bloomberg at a Scientology event as, to my to my memory or at least he didn't they, announce a net nanny. OK. No. no, no, he didn't. But he announced the websites. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So so tell me about that. I mean, I, you know, I don't even really I, I know of it, but I'd love to hear your perspective on well, it was a big event. And it was like the Internet's here. It's not going away. So we're going to give you guys all websites and then people can talk to you. So we want you to sit down. We've got computers at the event. Sit down and write your story, which I did. And um here's a couple links that you can put on it. Now we didn't even know what links were at the time. Yes. But of course they were way to happiness, Narconon, you know, they're all their links. And the right? overriding themes of the website was I am Tori Christman. I am a Scientologist. Is that right? That was it. Yeah. But, but also more importantly was that the truth is no one ever contacted me. Not ever, because they had it set up where any communication to me would go to them. Wow, I did not know that. So they didn't want us talking to people because yes. they don't they're not allowed to talk to, you know, they, really, they have that very cut off. They yes. don't want, you know, Scientologists really talking that much to non-Scientologists because they might go, you know, you guys are kind of weird or whatever, you know, right. so they, all the communication, all I know is that no one ever communicated with me and I have a pretty good story and nobody yes. ever talked to me at all. And this yeah. is way, even before I got in Scientology stuff, I haven't told you, but just my life story is kind of amazing. And somebody would have answered me, but they never did. Yes. So I didn't know about the net nanny until I think when I got out, I, and the net nanny Tell me how that works. So I'm presuming it recorded like uh, or kept track of any search. 
It's a total block. Okay. That's what it is. So it means it's you like could not look up any negative stuff, information. Their stuff that they think is bad, that's entheta, that's their word for bad, bad stuff you don't want to read because it's really bad and it'll hurt your case, right? It'll hurt yes. you. Yes. Right. So all that bad stuff is blocked out. Now they don't tell you this, but this is what happened. They were blocking out all the bad stuff, which is really the truth. And they don't want you to see the truth, the real truth. Yeah. And you can only see a piece of blue sky, you know, which John Atak wrote that book, A Piece of Blue Sky. Yes. And it, it's a great book for people to read. Marx is the best. Marx is my oh. favorite husband, <laughs> you know, blown for good. It is. I, I stand and I'm not I'm usually a you know few pages a night. I read his I stayed up all night reading that book. It oh, was so wow. it was well, so great. So it's really, <laughs> really a good book. But but anyway, uh, but they had it set up, everything was a piece of blue sky. That's that's all you'd see. Yes. You wouldn't see any. But Nayadi undid the net nanny for me. He didn't say it was the net nanny. He just said, there's something on you. Because what they did was they gave you a disc. You you typed in your story. They put on the links. And then they said, here's this disc. Go put it on your computer. Mm-hmm. And I said, why? And they said, because your story is going to be up on the internet. People are going to want to talk to you. So put it on your computer. And thus, they'll be able to talk to you. So that's what we were, we were told. Okay. The truth is, they separated out truth. And they're what they thought to be truth. Yes. And you could not see the truth. You couldn't. Yeah. You couldn't talk to ex Scientologists, nothing. It was it, it was blocked out. It's so crazy. I mean, of yeah. course, everything's crazy, but <laughs> yeah. you look so back Bill and go, wow. Just said, I'm gonna take this thing off the internet. So, you know, I put it in not knowing what it was. And then shortly after that, Bill came over and said, you know, there's something on your inner, on the computer that you just got. I'm just going to undo it. And and I was just, I mean, when I think back, it's like people would say, well, what? You know, but I, but I didn't because I yeah, trusted right. him, right? right and, yeah. and it's sort of like that's how Scientology runs. It's like, trust us. Don't ask us questions. Because if you get into questions, we're just going to have to send you to ethics because right. you're, you, you're obviously in doubt. You know, right. and, and that's a lower condition. So if you want to be in doubt, go to, you know, go to ethics. But if you just go with the program, we're good with it. Yes. So so that was sort of it. He came and undid the net nanny. So now I could go on the Internet. Yeah. Of course, I'm terrified because he's told me Nancy Maney went insane because she went on the Internet. And it's, they're very evil people on there. Don't really look at it. So I was like, okay. He said, all I want you to do some people are asking for the knots material, which was like in the triangle. It's like way up here. It's like yeah. almost the top. <clears throat> and he said, they're asking and people. Confidential that, materials that not even a Scientologist at lower levels had any awareness of. No. Yeah. It's just the people at the top of the triangle. Yes. So he said, some people are asking for that material and getting sent it. So I want you to just poke around the internet and see if you see anybody asking for OT5 or above. And if they get it, you send me their names. Hmm. Okay. So, you know, I didn't know. I I don't think I was OT5 when I started this. Maybe I was. I, I can't remember. No, I think I was. I think I was. But but I, I you know, it was just like, okay, I, I get it. I was sort of anti 
you know, people spreading confidential material. You know, I thought that was really bad news. And right. so you okay, thought it would harm that. people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's all I was doing. That was it. Yeah. Okay. So now they start acting more mafia like. I grew up in Chicago. So I grew up around the mafia. And they start this guy, Gavino Ida, who ran yes. the, the top secret thing, as far as I knew. Yes. He has me in, has me sign a $100,000, I forget what you call it. You know, the like a non-disclosure? Yes. Yeah. Saying, I will never talk to, tell anything about this to David Miscavige, Heber Gents, RTC, you know, auditors, ethics officers, any of my friends, my husband, nothing. If I tell anyone, I have to pay $100,000. If you tell anyone what you've been doing on the internet, the secret, the secret opening these accounts. Wow. Okay. Anything. And this is, this is really like years ago, they had a thing called the guardian's office before OSA and the 11 of those people, this is just for people who are new and they don't know it. 11 of those people went to prison. Yes. And it was called the guardian's office and they, after they went to prison, it was canceled. And now the Office of Special Affairs came out, which was much better. You know? <laughs> because, you know, if you just give it a new name and have them pick up and keep going, that's good, right? No problem. <laughs> and, and Hubbard even threw his own wife under the bus and right. sent her to prison and said, right. I, I never knew Mary about Mary Sue this. Hubbard. Right. Yeah. Mary She was Mary acting Sue with no it. authority for me. Right. 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 So, which was bullshit. Because yeah, you was. know he did it. So yeah. it was like, I always felt bad about that. But anyway, they started. Now I forgot where I was again. See, this is what happens. Yeah, no, I that's drop. okay. So you, so Gavino Ida calls you in and you, you're made to oh, sign yeah. this non-disclosure. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Thank yeah. you for remembering. Yeah, of course. So I have to sign this thing. And I look at Bill and I say, this is like the guardian's office. You know, this is very weird, Bill. And he looks at me. Now, you have to remember, this is my auditor, which is like a counselor and my best friend at the time. And yes. he says, Tori, look at me. Trust me. You know, I would never do anything illegal, ever. And I think, yeah, he's right. So I sign all the things. Okay, no problem. I'm not going to say anything. And I don't. I never tell my husband. He never knew what wow. was going on. He probably yeah. doesn't to this day, you know, because yeah. they fed him all kinds of lies. And he's still in. And they, but anyway, so let, let's continue. So I signed the thing, but now I start thinking that these guys aren't exactly, it isn't just Bill. See, I knew what happened. Later, I put it together. They realized Tori will never do it if Osa called me in and said, we need you to open phony accounts. Yes. I would say, no, you know, I'm not doing that. I don't right. even know what it is, but I'm not doing it. But it was Yachty. And he was my best friend. And I'd said, you know, if, you know, I'll take a bullet for you. Right. You know what I mean? I, I trust you. Yeah. So he and, you, said, and you're right. That is a typical example. Scientology <clears throat> does historically use people you trust, who you admire. I mean, they do that. They did that to me when I escaped. They sent somebody that I thought I looked up to to track me down and try and bring me back. But anyway, Wow. Wow. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> commenting that you're absolutely right. They they use the information they have on you to manipulate you to do right. what they want you to do. Right. Yeah. And like like you're saying, they don't they don't call you in. It's not the church. Yes. It's their your best friend. 
Yes. Right? And that best friend goes, we need help. And right. you're like, okay, you know, it's, it's Bill. You know what I mean? Okay. So Bill is there. I say it look, it, it's, it sounds like the guardian's office. This doesn't sound right. He says, trust me. I say, okay. And now I'm out, you know, they're flying me around opening up these fake accounts. Yeah. But they realize, wait a minute, we don't have to fly her around anymore. <clears throat> Excuse me. We can, we can just um, get phone books. And this is way before identity theft. Yes. But I start thinking this is identity theft. They're just like take a name and number and open an account with that. Like oh, Claire wow. had and her address and her phone number and everything. That's, yes. that's what they wanted. I said, I'm not going to do that. That's not right for Claire. I don't know who she is, but I can't do that. Yeah. So I start taking Claire, Francis, you know, part of your street, another part, you know, I, I put it together and I open these accounts, but it's not with anybody's name. I see. Okay. That's a real name, right? Yes. And I get the information to Yachty and I don't know that he's, well, I don't know what he's doing on the internet, but they're getting worse and worse. And they're getting more like the mafia, like the more that it's going on, and especially Gavino, he, he like, he'd show up at Bill's apartment or yeah, it was a, a little house that he lived in. And he'd show up there and he was always like, he, he didn't like me. It was like very, very weird. Like, what the hell is going on here? You know, I could right. tell there was something else going on behind my back, but they, Bill wouldn't tell me. Right. Yeah. So now I start like not trusting anyone. And I think, you know what? I got to go on the internet and look, that's it. And, and so this is like now, 98 or nine, right? Okay. And I think, okay, I've got to go on the internet and look. And I look and I, oh, and remember he'd taken off the net nanny, so I can. <laughs> so I open up. You had unfiltered access thanks to him. Right. Yeah. So I open up ARS and. And ARS was. Alt Religion Scientology. Right. And, and that was. a news group. It's a yes. linear news group. So it's all just one page set, you know, topic after topic after topic. Yes. And so I opened it up and the day I opened it up, thank God, it's all baking recipes. <laughs> How to bake chocolate cake, cupcakes, stuff like that. And in between it are critics saying, I didn't say that. The Church of Scientology is changing my words. Hmm. And I go, oh, my God. They're stopping free speech with this, which I'm a free speech advocate. Right. So now I'm like, what the fuck? Oops, sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> That's um, an appropriate response right there. <laughs> I know. I was like really ticked off. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden I realized this is from Miscavige. This yeah. isn't just Bill Yachty out in the valley. This is Miscavige running this thing. I just yes. got it. And I went and I got scared. And I thought, I got to get out of this. So I call up Bill and I say, hey, you know, I can't do this anymore. I really got to get back to work and, you know, good luck with it, but I I'm done. And he goes, okay, no problem. You know, just meet us at this apartment in Glendale. Okay. You just need to get a debrief, you know, kind of like what happened. Okay. And he, he sounds totally innocent, totally Bill, you know, just everything's fine. No problem. And I'm just a dork you know, who thinks, okay, you know, everything's fine. I'll just quit. Right. Well, as you said, you trusted him. 
I trusted him. So I get into the, and I'm a real true believer. I've now read about <clears throat> cult members and some are cult members and some are true believers and true yes. believers will do anything. And that was me. I was like, I was in it. And so I go over to this apartment and I walk in and there's people like Jim Clerges, who's a big six something tall guy. You know, they were all like big men. They're all men. And usually they're like, Tori, hi. You know, and now they're like, hello, hello, oh, hello. Boy. They're all like that. And the lights are getting dimmer and dimmer and dimmer. The sun's oh, going no. down and it's very dim in the room. And I'm thinking something is very wrong here. And yeah. it's, it's not. It's, and this was really a key factor in me leaving, because had they just treated me with decency, I would have still stayed. Right. But they didn't. They pounded me to death asking me. And this was the other thing. Part of because <clears throat> I said to Bill, if I sign this thing back with Gavino, the yeah. hundred thousand dollar thing. Yes. Who am I going to talk to if I can't tell auditors or ethics officers anything about this? What am I going to do? Right. right? And he goes, Tori, we have the best auditors and ethics officers on the planet that will help you forever, you know, for what you're doing. Yeah. And again, I trusted him. So that's in my head. So now roll forward. I'm with all these men. It seems very fishy. And Bill yeah. isn't there. And neither oh is my Dina, gosh. Right? Yeah. So, so I'm sitting a bunch there of strangers and, for all intents and purposes, or did you know these people? No, no, I knew all of them. Oh, okay. I knew all of them. They were all people that worked on this top secret mafia, you okay. know, which is opening the accounts and doing stuff. I think they were part of it. I don't know because they would never fill me in. But all of a sudden, bam. And they were all OT8. Okay. So, so they're upper level Scientologists. Yeah. So the door okay. slams open. Gavino walks in, who's like a skinny Italian guy. Right. And I had started thinking, you know, it's not beyond Gavino. Maybe he's a, a mafia guy. Yeah. Maybe Miscavige has hired the mafia to handle these critics that are out there talking. Yeah. And th that's in my head earlier on. And so I don't like him for a long time. I, I knew most Sea Org members and I had never seen him ever. I'd never heard his name. Yeah. So I thought maybe, and he acted like a mafia guy. So I he thought, did. maybe he's the mafia <laughs> I, I knew him. I knew, I worked with his daughter, but yeah, I never, I never even saw him smile. He was kind of a no. short Brum Italian black person, uh, you know, like moody black person. Moody. Yeah, yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. very dark. And and we're not talking skin color. We're talking no, definitely not. We're talking energy, <laughs> energy. Yes, very, very very dark. Yeah. And so he comes blasting in the door with Yachty, and he looks at Yachty and he goes, "I warned you about her. I warned you about her." And I look at Bill. This is Mister. I trusted him, right? Yes. And I go, "He warned you about what? You know, I'm at this time. I'm like crystal clean. I have done nothing." That is bad for the church. Nothing, yes. right? Except I said I, I want to go back to work. That's it. Yeah, and 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 to the contrary, you had done everything they'd asked for up until that. And point. everything they'd asked for, way beyond what most people would do. Right. Okay. So, so I look at Bill and I go, "He said what to you about me?" 
And they just start pounding me for two hours, asking me questions like, what would you possibly tell people about this? And I said, nothing. I have no plans to tell anything. And this is really ironic because I had no plans to tell about anything even when I left. Yes. I called Stacy back and said, I am not going to say, I'm not going to speak out. I'm not going to make videos. I'm not going to pick it. And sorry, I missed Stacy. Stacy coming into this. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, the point is they they create their own enemies. Oh, absolutely. And I met with Osa and said, "You all are creating your own enemies." For years, I had told them that. Yeah. And they they just they're it's like I don't know. They keep doing it. They keep doing it even to this day. So, um, so. I look at Bill, I say, what did he tell you about him? They pound me for two hours. And finally, I just burst out crying. And that second is really when I left the Church of Scientology. And I go running out and Bill comes running after me. And I know he fucked up. I mean, Mm -hmm. he screwed up. He, (laughs) he, He definitely screwed up. Yeah. And I jump in and he's like, Tori, Tori. And I'm like, no, no, get away from me. Don't talk to me. Get away from me. And I jump in my car and I drive home and I'm just crying the whole way and I'm crying at home. And my husband's like, what is going on? And I'm like, nothing. Don't ask me. Just don't ask me, please. I'm begging you. Don't ask me about it. I, I can't, you know, because it's something, it's going to be a hundred thousand dollars. Right. Right. You no, know, I'm still not ready to leave. Do you see what I mean? I'm still yeah. like kind of in the brainwashing, but I'm like, it, it was really a make break point for me where I was yeah. sort of like, I didn't get in Scientology to stop free speech. Right. And that was in my head. I didn't say that to Bill because I, I could see he was on their side. He was going to do whatever they said. Yeah. And so from that point on, he used to always come over to our house and it was always like big hug. Hi, how are you? And now when we would get together, it'd be like, hello, hello, hello. You know, just don't even talk to me. I don't, I, I hate you. You know what I mean? So yeah. I was really... That was the defining night. So now I'm I'm not doing the OSA thing anymore. I'm not going to open those accounts. I'm not really working with them, right? Yeah. But I'm sort of like, what happened was Battlefield Earth came out. Remember that? Yes, I do. It's a Scientology movie with John Travolta. It was considered the worst movie in the decade. Yeah, right? based on L. Ron Hubbard's science fiction novel, Battlefield Earth. Right. Yes. And absolutely. I remember uh, you probably know this. We probably talked about it, but we were made to watch that three times in a row. It was the most awful (laughs) five hours of time. The only the only bright spot was that we we were able to get some sleep in the movie theater. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Bill and I went with Gavino to the opening, to the grand opening for the Battlefield Earth, to make sure no SPs got to John Travolta. Okay. Now, to show you how much I was starting to wake up, they had a secret party afterwards. And Gavina said, we're going to the party just to be outside, make sure. I helped train John Travolta early in the 70s at Celebrity Center. So Travolta walks up and gives me a big hug. And he says, you know what? I will never forget you and Vicky, right? So, who was the supervisor. Okay. And so I think, you know what? I want to talk to him. 
So I think I can do it. So some guys walking in and everyone had, you had to have a secret badge to get into the party. So everyone's going in, they're showing their badge. I I find this tall guy, just walk behind him, kind of walking in, like, you know, he and I, and they go, well, where's your badge? And I went, I just look at him like, hello. And, And he goes, okay, go on. So I go in and I see that um, John is talking to someone else, another famous celebrity. There were only like three that came that were big celebrities. Yeah. Not a Scientologist, but he was talking to him. And I thought, okay, I don't want to bug him. I'll get some drinks for Gavino and Bill. <laughs> so I get drinks and I come out and I say, you know, I really want to congratulate you two on your top secret party. You know, which now shows I went in and got drinks and I'm giving it to him, right? Right. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, I'm I like rapidly waking up. There's a movie, I forget the name of it, but it's it's a movie of where everything is in black and white. And as these people wake up, they come into color. Okay. And, I and I that's which how I felt. Is. I was yes. at Asho and it was like everyone would come up to me, Tori, we just got back from OT7. What happened to you? Here's our win, blah, 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 blah. You know, you need to come back. And I'd say, okay, I got that. And I just thought, am I turning into all color? You know, can they see me? You know what I mean? It was really spooky. Can they like, te- oh, you mean really? like, can they tell that you're not, you're not really in this? Yeah. It's like, I was like that. I saw that movie and I thought, oh my God, this is what's happening. I'm turning, I'm coming into all color and they're black and white. Right. And they're, I'm going to really stand out. So it was getting like really spooky. Right. Yeah. And anyway, Battlefield Earth came out. They had a message board on it, on the internet. And I thought, I can go there. So I go on the message board and Mark Bunker was Xenu TV at the time. And Xenu, for anybody that doesn't know, was their top secret word. And no one knew it at the time. And they had done all kinds of things to make sure no one ever heard that word. Right. So now I know that's a big word they don't want out there. Yes. I start calling him the fat TV guy. Trying to change his name. Doesn't work. But Bunker and I liked each other, even though he was out, you know, he was never in, but he was a cameraman filming us picketing, or they were picketing, and we were there handling them. Okay. He and I started talking and stuff like that, and I liked him. I liked the guy. And so he's there online, and he's not going to change his name. And so I finally think, you know what, screw it. I've been in sales for 25 years I'm going to talk to whoever runs this thing. So I called up Warner Brothers. I said, I need to talk to whoever's in charge of the Battlefield Earth, their message board online. So I go up the line and I know how to go up the line. So you get to the top guy, right? Yeah. I get to the top guy there and I say, look, I'm a mother. I'm a fan. I'm here in Burbank. You can come meet me if you want. But you, whether you know it or not, there's all kinds of stuff about the Scientology on your message board. It's not about Battlefield Earth. It's all these people blabbing on and on about Travolta being a Scientologist. And yeah. it's, it's stupid. And he goes, okay, I'll, I'll let them know. And I said, you make them, make sure they know. So now the, the head of Warner Brothers in New York calls me the next day and he goes, this is, you know, John Smith from 
you know, Warner Brothers in New York, and we got your message yesterday, and we are taking down the message board. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I plugged my phone. Wait, 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 wait. Let's see if that did it. I think that did it. Okay, so sorry. That's my No, you're good. You're good. Um, But anyway, let's see, where was I? So you were saying John from Warner Brothers, New York calls you and he took the message board down. The message board down. So to me at this point, this is 99 now, and I'm feeling like, you know, these, these critics are like cowboys in the old days. You know, they can say what they want. They can go where they want. They can do what they want. They, they don't have any, you know, like you have to understand in Scientology, as you go up that bridge to total freedom for a public, at least, and I think it's true for Sea Org too, if you go, but many, very few Sea Org get way up the bridge. Yeah. But the higher up you get, the more freedoms are cut off. Right. So you're less and less able to think, to do, to, you know, anything. Yeah, the, the Sea Org version of that that Shelley Miscavige used to say to me a lot was, with rank comes responsibility, which would get translated to the higher up the the structure you've risen, the higher up the organization chart you've risen, the less freedoms you have. And, and right. the less you, you have even the capacity to even think of other things or other people. Anyway, right. but go ahead. You're right. So where was I going off? At two? See, I'm so, sorry. I feel no, so, no, you're good. Like, so, so you got this message board anything. taken down and you were well, talking about how the people on the internet were like old time cowboy. cowboys. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, so they're like cowboys to me and I miss them. You know, I start thinking I, I like those guys, you know, they, they're different than Scientologists, right? Yes. So I decide, you know what? I can go on ARS just to be around them. You know, because you have to get, and everybody, because <clears throat> I made 4,000 posts in four weeks. Wow. So people think, to this day, a lot of people think I was working for OSA during that time. But I wasn't. I had way disconnected from OSA back when I was in the apartment. And yes. they were pounding me. That was it. I'm done. Yes. Done. So, um, I mean, one other thing happened where the vice president of the Church of Scientology called me up and she said, look, there's a writer here that wants to start a thing handling any bad PR on Hubbard. So we want you to come over and give your ideas because they knew I'd handled all this other shit, right? Yeah. I say, okay. So I go there and the guy has done nothing. You know, he's, he's a writer. And they, she goes around and says, what have each of you done? There's like four people there. What have you each of you done? And they've all done like one or two things. And I've done like a, a, this, you know, like a, an encyclopedia of shit. You know, that, <laughs> so, so she's like, all right, you're the head of it. And I say, no, no, I don't want to be the head of it. No, I, I you asked me to come here for advice. I gave you my advice. That's it. Yeah. She goes, no, I'm the vice president of the church and you are the head of this. Yeah. Do you remember her name out of curiosity? Um, Janet Wyland. Okay. Understood. All right. Right. Yes. Is that it? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I know. I didn't know her personally, but I know that name for sure. Yeah. So. so that was her. So I'm working underneath her on this thing to handle black PR. And yeah. that's kind of where I got into handling all kinds of stuff because 
I would call up these newspapers and say, you know, I, you've got this stuff against Hubbard and here's the great stuff and I'm going to send it to you. But that's where I realized the seer can't read anything on the internet because I would send her a link and she would say, you know, could you just copy paste the article for me? <laughs> that's where I realized, oh my God, she, the vice president of the church of Scientology cannot click on that link. Yes. Cause they don't know what it might go to. Right. And maybe it'll be some bad news. Right. Right. Yep, absolutely. So they, can only, right. they can only copy paste it. So I had that and I had her in my life. That was the only thing I was doing at the end. And finally, <clears throat> one day she said, you know, because I, I sort of stopped doing it. And she said, you know, you need to come back and keep this group going. And I said, you know, I'm kind of working on this Internet project, which was me talking to the SPs, right? <laughs> at this point. She goes, okay. You don't have to say anything else. That's okay. You've got that done. So that's how weird they were with yes. me. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like not yeah. oh, doing the internet project. Don't say anything. Don't ask. Don't tell. Yeah. Go. But I'm really talking to the SP. I'm not talking to them. I'm on ARS. And I just thought if I put my name on that group, maybe someone will help me. Take and it out. I wasn't even thinking to get out. It's just maybe someone will help me. Okay. Maybe someone will be different than Scientology, which is, you know, what's your next level? What are you doing? You know, when are you coming back to flag? You know, all that shit. I didn't want to hear it. And these critics I knew could talk about other stuff. So I thought maybe I could get in touch with somebody and have a new friend that's like a real friend. Yes. You know what I mean? That was yes. really all I was trying to do. So I go on there. And they've got all these different things. So I think, okay, I've got to start posting if I'm going to have anybody see me. So I start making these posts. And now I'm just like frantically making these insane posts. And you can go on uh, the Wayback Machine and look up, I think I was Miss Magoo 44 or 55 at the time. Okay. Anyway, you can look me up and it, it's just, I just sound insane. You know, it was just, I, because I, I was too afraid to read anything they said. I was too afraid to say anything about the church. So I was just talking, like there was a guy named Phil Scott, and I, and he was going on a vacation. And I said, Well, I'm going to do a fundraiser for Phil Scott. And so let's get him some flippers for Hawaii. Right. Yes. <laughs> so it was just like all these goofy, stupid stuff. Now, <laughs> At the end of the week, I'm thinking, you know what? Nobody reads this because everybody's like, shut, shut up, Magoo. Just shut up. You know, they, they didn't like me at all. Okay. And so I'm thinking, uh, you know, nobody likes me. Nobody's reading anything. I was about ready to shut off my computer and just that's it. I would have been in Scientology. But this guy, I think his name was Stefan, I think. He was in Sweden. He was a guy from Sweden. And he every day, every week would post the statistics of ARS. So one of them was how many, you know, the top poster of ARS, which of course means the top spammer. Right. Right. Which I was made, I'd made the 4,000 posts in four weeks. Yes. So the top poster is Magoo. <laughs> ah, they are reading me. So that kept me on. Okay. If you hadn't made that little thing, I, again, I probably would have just shut off my computer. That would have been it. 
So mm-hmm. I've had so many things along the line that are just like, so if it didn't happen, that wouldn't have happened. You know, yep. they're kind of amazing. But that was one of them. So it kept me online. And then Andreas in Norway, who was never in Scientology, but had up the big website, Zenu.net. Yes, Andreas Heldelund. Amazing, amazing man. Amazing person. Yes. And he had up this huge website. So to me, I had seen the website just once. And I remember calling Osa and going, what the hell is this website up there for? With, with this top secret word in it. And they said, yeah, we know. We're handling it. I said, okay. So now Andreas, who created that site, sends me a little message. And he says, Magoo, no one can understand what you're saying. You're not formatting your posts. Now, what happened on these old posts is, let's say you say something, and then there's a whole bunch of arrows, and then I say something. Okay. So it separates Claire's talking, Tori's talking, Claire's talking, Tori's talking. But I didn't know that's what that was. And I only knew how to copy paste. That's what Bill showed me how to do to copy those secret, you know, if somebody was requesting the knots material, I could copy it and send it to him. Yes. That's what he said. Just copy it, paste it. That's it. So that's all I knew how to do. So I thought, okay, I'll just copy this paste, this thing, and then I'll paste my response. And in between it, once I pasted it, were all those arrows. Claire, Tori, Claire, Tori. And I thought, oh, who needs all these stupid arrows? Well, I erased them all, right? Okay. So everything's all mashed together. I and see. Bill, and Andrea says, no one can understand you. You're not formatting it. But I'm going to teach you how to format. Nice. I know nothing about computers. But he sends me a little link, says click there, and it formats it. And I think, oh, my God. God, it worked. Now, yes, again, I've been with the mafia in Scientology. And they were like, don't even say our name. Don't say our name. Don't say the phone number ever. You know, and Bill said, I'm Jack. You're Katie. You know, this was towards the end when I was like, these guys are really acting mafia-like. Yeah, That was part of it. So now here's the big SP on the internet, right? And he says, he helps me. My mother always taught me if someone helps you, send them a thank you note. Nice. Now I'm in my dining room at the time. My computer was there. And up in the little corner is this little blue link that I knew was an email, right? And if yeah. you click on it, now I'm talking with an SP. For <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Right. Ever. I mean, I've been with them handling them out as when they're picketing, but I wasn't really talking to them. Yeah, because you had your plexiglass up, right? The plexiglass up. Yes. Now I'm I'm talking, I'm sending an email to an SP. Yes. And I have no idea about OSA whether they have my computer bugged or what. Yes. But I don't care at this point. And I send Andreas a thing and I just say, Thank you for helping me, Magoo. Nice. And he writes back and he says, you're welcome. You're welcome, Magoo. Andreas Heldeland, his full address, his full phone number, his cell phone number, his email address. Nice. And I think, now, wait a minute. This guy's the devil on the planet, but he's got all of his information out there. Scientology, which are supposed to be the great people, 
We're using phony names, phony addresses, phony IDs, the cashier's check, everything so they can't trace, right? Yeah. What a contrast. What a contrast. So I send something to Andreas thinking maybe I could talk to him. And I send him a thing and I say, why do you have up all this stuff about our religion? And he writes back. This is why I always say Andreas helped save my life. Because I had been waking up for 10 years. I'd been reading self-improvement books and stuff like that because I knew Scientology didn't work. So I was reading not ex-Scientology stuff. I wasn't reading John Atack and Ben Corden and stuff like that. I wasn't reading that. But I was was going to bookstores and reading self-improvement books. Okay. And other religious books, history, philosophy, stuff like that. And from that, I think I stripped off a lot of the mind control. Yeah. Because that, that's what happened. Like one of them was list the top 50 people in your life that, that, that you respect. So I listed them out. And then I looked at them and I realized not one of them was a Scientologist. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it was like Martin Luther King and authors and musicians and, you know, philosophers and all kinds of stuff, but no Scientologists. Yeah, that makes sense. I know. So those kind of things started helping me thinking. So now we're back where. So you were saying that Andreas, you asked Andreas, why, why are you putting all this stuff up about my religion? Why do you have all this stuff about my religion? Yeah. And he writes back and he says, dear Magoo, I believe in truth. I believe in looking at both sides and I have the courage to say what I think. I don't think Scientologists are bad. I just think they're misinformed. And and he says, I suggest you start reading the internet. Now, remember early on, I'd said, I want, I've always wanted to go back in the Sea Org. Even when I married Harold, I said, okay, we're going back in the Sea Org. And he goes, okay, listen to me carefully. We are never going back in the Sea Org. I, you know, he was never in the Sea Org, but he said, we're never going in the Sea Org. But to me, it was like I was. That was my goal. You know, it was one of my goals. So I think, all right, I'll look on ARS and see what to read. And Mary Tabioyan had up an article, ladies, if you're thinking of joining the Sea Org, read this. Okay. It was all about enforced abortions, which I had never heard of. I didn't know. There's no public in Scientology that, I mean, maybe now because of the internet, but <clears throat> back then time. You didn't know about it yeah i don't even think all the sea org knew about it right it sort of selectively if you got pregnant you you had a choice either leave or get an abortion that's it yeah but they kept which, it pretty under the in radar later years became yeah. no yeah. no choice so, to leave yeah right so so now i'm kind of like what was i saying so you were talking about what Andreas responded to in terms of. Okay, so I believe in truth. I believe in look at people. And, and then you read this article by Mary. Yeah. Read yes. that Mary Tabiarian. So, I mean, I picked that. Ladies, if you're thinking of joining the Sea Org, read this. And oh, it's yeah. all about enforced abortions. And I'm just like, I can't stop crying. I cried for four hours. I just couldn't stop crying because I knew. I, I mean, I didn't even think of it consciously, but I think I knew subconsciously this is the end of my life in Scientology. I, I, I can't do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just can't. I can't. But anyway, I write back to Andreas because who am I going to talk to? I can't right. talk to any friends. I, Harold, I know, has no clue what I'm doing. You know, so I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And so, you know, now I'm just like, 
I don't know what to do. I really don't. And, you know, it's one of those things where, I don't know. Now I forgot what I was saying again. I no, no, it's okay. You were, you wrote back to Andreas. Luckily, I went to see the neurologist recently. I was worried I have dementia because I can't remember anything. And he said, don't worry. Everyone in this office has bad memory. If you have seizures, <laughs> it directly affects your, your memory. And yeah. because I had... Um, because I had all those seizures because of Scientology, he said, yeah. you will have, I mean, he said, it's amazing. You can remember what you can. Yeah. So Absolutely. anyway, so that for people that are going, God, she's really screwed up. No, I mean, you're I, yeah. good. You're it's, good. So, so what did Andre, so Andrea said for you to read the internet. Yeah. So Andrea said, read it. Mary said she had the enforced abortions and she had it described from, you know, point by point, like, getting the order to do it, which was awful enough that she had to get an abortion. Then that she had to go to the abortion clinic. Then that she had to be back on post the next day. It was just so abusive. It was so creepy. And I was just like, oh my God, you know, this is just awful. Yeah, and yeah. so I, I wrote to Andreas because who am I going to write to? I can't write to Harold. I can't write. I can't talk to my friends. I'm just like, and he's out of town. He's out of town on business. And so I write to Andreas and I say, Andreas, I can't stop crying. I mean, this is like, if I leave, I'm going to lose every friend I have and my husband of 27 years. And I don't know if I can take it. I, I just don't. And he writes me back. It was so great. He was just so great. And he goes, dear Magoo, he goes, I, because, I, you know, he, he writes me there went my new lamp. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. It's all right. You okay? I don't have it on, so it's all oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, but um, he, so Andreas writes back to you. He writes back and he goes, what kind of friends could those be if they're going to leave you because you change your mind? True. And that's such a simple thing, but it was so dramatic to me because I knew it's true. They, they would just drop me like a fly. And they did. Yeah. So, and, and that's when he wrote, I believe in truth. I believe in looking at both sides and I have the courage to say what I think. I don't think Scientologists are bad. I just think they're misinformed. Yeah. And he, he reiterated that. And I thought that's exactly who I was when I got in Scientology. I believed in truth. I believed in looking at both sides. I have always had courage. And here I was at the top of the bridge, can't read, can't think, can't look at both sides. You know, I'm a mess. Right. And so that was really it. That's what kind of cracked my Truman Show, which I think of it like this where it's closed off, but it kind of cracked it open. That's and I amazing. was like, yes. I, I mean, I was really scared at that point because I thought Miscavige is running this. They're going to come after me because yeah. I know this top secret stuff. No one else did. No one right. was speaking out. No one. I knew none of the SPs. They 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 weren't in on this. I right. was right, and so I thought they're going to come after me, and so I said, Andreas, you've got to help me. I've got to talk to someone that's in L.A. So Stacy Brooks, who had started the Lisa McPherson Trust in honor of Lisa McPherson, who died at the hands of Scientology, they started the Lisa McPherson Trust, and she was a big executive in Scientology. Jesse Prince had helped run Scientology. And then Bob Minton was a multimillionaire who 
was not in Scientology, but was for free speech. So yes. he, the three of them started the Lisa McPherson Trust. And of course, Stacy had been out of the C organization for a long time and was now Bob. an ex-Scientologist. That's how she met Bob. Yes. Because she, she was living with Robert Von Young and they had all these cats and they got kicked out. Yes. And so she went which, online. Which actually, I talked with Mark Fisher about that very story. Really? <laughs> yes, yes, wow. yes. But go, so go ahead. Well, anyway, so Bob, she, I guess, went online. I don't know the whole thing, except she went online, said, we need, we're, you know, we're getting kicked out. And Bob was on this, whatever chat they were doing and said, here's the address, just go there. Yes. And oh, I, but I'm sorry. I meant go back to your, you connecting up with Stacy now. Oh. Yes. Anyway, he bought her a house, just so everybody knows. He bought her a house and there were two dozen long stem roses in it. Nice. So that was the beginning of their relationship together. So now the three of them start Lisa McPherson Trust. She writes me as Stacy Brooks and says, Magoo, who are you? Because I'm just Magoo online, right? Yes. And I'm really scared at this point. I mean, I'm really scared. I don't know who she is. You know, maybe she's Osa. Right. See what I mean? Like, I don't trust anybody at this right. point. And so I say, you know, Stacy, think about when you left the Sea Org how scared you were, blah, blah, blah. I can't really say Magoo. And so I get back this email and I think, all right, she wrote me. <laughs> and I open it up and it says, dear Magoo, sorry, we can't help you, Tracy Books. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have a frog in my throat. So anyway, I sit there and I'm like, oh my God. I feel like I'm at the top of a thousand foot mountain and I'm nude and I look down and at the bottom is a little sign that says, if you jump, you might make it. <laughs> and I have a sign in my house that says leap and the net will appear. <laughs> That's awesome. the leap. And I did. I said, okay, I'm Tori Bizazian at the time. And she called me. She goes, Tori, I know you. We used to audit together at AO. Wow. And again, it was very separated. I didn't know most of the people at that were auditing then because Harold and I had, I was in the Sea Org and then got married and we started being NSO, which is non-Sea Org at yes. Celebrity Center. Okay. And then NSO got canceled at CC. So we went over to AO and he supervised the solo course and I was an auditor there. Okay. We didn't know anybody. It wasn't like we were on staff. Do you know what I mean? We were just yes. NSO, non-Sea Org. Yes. And, so we were there not long because I got pregnant. And as I got more and more pregnant, finally, I just said, I, they weren't paying me. That's what happened. And they would always say, well, we don't see your name here, you know, because you're not on staff. I see. And I said, look, I just did 40 hours for so-and-so, you know, the, the director of processing. Right. Anyway, they'd finally pay me, but it was always a hassle. So now this one guy, I forget his name, but I love him to death. <laughs> He comes to me and he goes, we need 50 hours this week. And it's right before Christmas. And I said, look, I want to buy Harold a suit for Christmas. So if you personally will promise me that you'll make sure I get paid, I'll do it. So he goes, deal. So I do my 50 hours and I go to get paid and there's nothing. Oh, I, don't, no. I don't know you. We don't have you. We still don't. You know, you're not on staff. And so I know he's a motorcycle rider. And I know it's his Liberty Day. He's in the Sea Org and he's got libs, meaning he's got the day off. 
Yeah. Right? He can go do what he wants. And his motorcycle is there and his helmet is there. So I take his helmet and I hide it. And he starts walking down the thing. He's like, where's my helmet? And I said, where's my money? And he's like, where's my helmet? I'm like, where's my money? (laughs) He finally gets me my money and I give him his helmet. Nice. But (laughs) now I forgot how that came up. What were I talking about? I know I was talking about. You were telling how you knew Stacy. And that you oh, how I knew Stacy. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Yes. Right. Okay. And she said that I was auditing there. That's right. Yes. So we audited together. So now it's like Stacy. And she's like really friendly and really nice. And she goes, What do you want to do? And I said, You know, I don't know, Stacy. I mean, you could see how quickly this is in two weeks. I'd gone yes. from being really kind of kind of a true believer. I mean, it was really three years, but the last two weeks it kind of rolled into this thing. <clears throat> and I said, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do. But I knew I was afraid. And yeah. she said, well, come here. Come to Clearwater. And I said, I can't afford it. And she goes, we'll get you a ticket. Just And Bob gets on. They, she says, I'm going to put you on with Bob Minton. And they put, and I was like, God, he's really a big ass Because <laughs> 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 They had always fed all this stuff to me about Bob that was bad. So now he's got a wonderful voice and he goes, Hey, Tori, hi, you know, so happy to meet you. Just go to LAX and we will see you on the other side. Wow. And I said, okay. And back then they didn't have electronic tickets that I knew of. So I'm like, I'm going to go to LAX and do what? And he goes, just go up and give him your name and there'll be a ticket there for you. I said, okay. So I think, no problem. I call and get a van. I'm all ready to go the next day. I pack up my stuff. I'm ready to go. And Harold's out of town, so that's that's no problem. And the van doesn't show up. And I call the van place and I say, what happened to my van? It's eight in the morning. And he goes, oh, somebody anonymously called and canceled it. Now, this is way before anonymous. This is just, I knew it was the church, right? And they canceled my van. So it took me another hour because they they scheduled every van in the area, I'm pretty sure, because everything was booked, everything on a Wednesday. <clears throat> but I got out to LAX and I go up there and the plane's canceled. And I think, can John Travolta cancel a plane? And I walk <laughs> in and I hear the, you know, the high heels coming up to me. And it's Janet Weiland. And she's oh like, my goodness. know where you're going. You're not going there. Wow. And I'm like, and Stacy had said, I forgot to tell you this. Stacy said, bring a phone. And I said, Stacy, they don't do stuff like that. And she goes, Tori, we used to run these programs. We know what we're talking about. Bring yeah. a phone. And back then, that to anybody listening to this, I mean, now everyone has a phone. So right. it's like, huh? Bring a phone? Of course you have a phone. But back then, we only had these little emergency flip phones. And 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 they and everyone said get an emergency flip phone in case you're in your car and it breaks down you can call someone. Okay, so I've got this little emergency phone in a drawer, and I say, okay, I'll bring it. You know, thinking she's crazy. Right. You know, they, they're not going to do anything like that. So I walk in. The vice president says, "We know where you're going. You're not going there." And I get out the phone and I go, "Stacy, the vice president is here." She goes, "Okay." <laughs> Hang on, I'm putting Jesse on. Do not set down the phone. And Jesse gets on and he's just wonderful. And he says, Look, do not set down the phone. I don't care. I'm going to get you on a plane and you're going to get here. But do not sit down the phone, no matter where you go. If you go to the bathroom, don't set down the phone. 
Yes. She will get it and they will get you. Yes. So I'm like, okay, you know, this has gone from, you know, just little Tori in my house to, oh my God. You know, I, I didn't really believe they did this fair game stuff until they canceled my van. Right. Even though I'd opened those phony accounts, but that was just for Bill. Yeah. But I mean, it's like, I really didn't. People think, well, you were, you were doing all that fair game, but no, I wasn't. Not in my mind. No, not not my- not in your room like you like the analogy you gave before. That wasn't you weren't actually doing those things. It was somebody else. What was it? When you when you were saying, you know, you you knew everything that was going on and you you were making the analogy of like, oh no, I was in this room. I didn't know what was going on in the other room. Right. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and I I really didn't think they did fair game. I I would go out to handle the critics and I would say they don't do that kind of stuff. You, right. You're just listening to evil people that are saying that. Yeah. I I always think of it like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They are very much like that. Right. They they only you only see the one face until right. you're on the other side and then you see a whole different ball of wax. <laughs> so true. I mean, in that second, when they canceled the van, all of what all these critics had said for like two or three years where I was out handling them came into view. And I was like, oh my God, they do do what these people are saying. Yes. Now I go to the airport and she comes up. There you go. I get Jesse on the phone. He goes, stay with me. Don't hang up the phone. And it's so bad. I have to get on a van to go to another terminal. So I give her my suitcases and I say, if you're going to follow me, you carry my suitcase. <laughs> so she's walking along carrying my suitcases. <laughs> and I get on the van and I say, look, I'm escaping from a cult. She's the vice president of it. You know, thinking he'll say, OK, I'm going to call the police. You know, I'll help you. Yeah. He doesn't. He says, do you want to get on the van or not? Oh, my goodness. Come okay, on, get on the van. You get on. You've got my luggage. So she's with me. Of course, she's following me everywhere, writing down where I'm going. And the next place is Chicago. But I say to to Bob at the time, look, I can't get rid of her. She's with me everywhere. And he goes, okay, that's it. I'm going to buy you a first class ticket and you can go into a special lounge and she she can't. So I say, okay. So I go into special lounge and now I'm like, wow, I'm in first class. You know, this is this is cool. And I get on the plane and it's wonderful. And I think, and I know flag and they don't go, they don't send the vans past midnight that I know of. Yeah. It only went till midnight. So I thought, okay, my plane lands at 1.45 in the morning. So I'm safe. That's it. I'm done. I'm done with Scientology. That's it. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I think, cool, I'm out. And I get to Chicago and my ex-husband comes up to me and says, we need to go on a vacation. Oh my gosh. And I know in my head, a vacation to them means lock her up in a cabin in Wisconsin. And I don't know what else they do, but I wasn't going to go that route. And I said, no. And you're also not allowed to call the police. So I say to him, because he keeps, now Osa shows up at at the airport and he, I said, what are you doing there? And he's like, I just happen to be here. Oh but then Osha shows up and I go, I thought you just happened to be here. Right. So I go to get on the plane. He goes, well, I'm going with you. And I said, no, you're not. Because I knew if I went with him, they would fly in Yachty, which they did. And they would go, it's us or them. 
Yep. And I would not be able to make that. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. So I said, look, if you get on that plane, I'm calling the police. So I get on the plane. I fly there. I think, okay, I'm done. You know, I know they don't come to the airport past midnight. And it's one Wrong. I get off the plane. There's a whole mob of people, the police, and Stacey, Bob, and Jesse. Oh, wow. And I come walking off. Penny Jones is there yelling, Tori, Tori, what's happening? Why why are you leaving? <clears throat> you have to know I had been writing Miscavige for seven years, saying this level doesn't work. I need off. I've gained 100 pounds. I'm auditing over present time problems which Hubbard said you will never have case gain or wins if you're auditing over a problem. Right. So I said, I need to get off and handle this. And he would never, it would just be, okay, continue. Okay, continue. He would never say anything else. Probably wasn't even him. Somebody else said it, but whatever. I never got through to him. So now Penny's there going, and I hated him by this point because I felt like he ran the top secret mafia you know, where I was opening up these phony accounts. And I just, I didn't like him at all. He'd changed the tech. He'd done the golden age of tech and all that crap. I saw him at the sandcastle. He was a total dick. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> Say it like it so, is. It's all good. You know, that, that's the truth. <clears throat> so now I'm, where was I? So you're at the airport and there's, um, you were talking about Penny was there. Jesse, oh, yeah. there, Stacy. Now, now I'm coming off the airport and they're there and they're all screaming, all the Scientologists and Penny's like, why are you leaving? And I know if I don't talk to her, <clears throat> they're going to say she's just drugged. They drugged her and that's it. Because that's the kind of stuff they feed into Scientologists. Right. So I think I don't want that. So I go up to her and I go, what? And she goes, Tori, you, first she goes, why are you doing this? And I go, it's way too long to explain to you right now. And she goes, well, David Miscavige is my best friend. And if you want a message to him, I can get any message to him tonight. And I look at, and the police had gone, stand back, stand back. (laughs) She has to decide whether it's them or them, you know, the SPs or the Scientologists. Yeah. And Stacy had called the police ahead of time, warning them she's leaving a cult. So we need your protection. So that's why they were there. Thank goodness right. for that. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I say to the police, I pick them. As soon as she says, I have, I can get Miscavige a message tonight, which David Miscavige F you. Yes. Right. You know, I just, I really think he's a creepy guy. And the people that stay yeah. and support him, I don't get it. I know. But anyway, they do. And so I say, I pick them. And so the police immediately go, stand back. And Bob, this is how brainwashed I am. Bob goes, ladies and gentlemen, all of this ruckus is because of the Church of Scientology. And I put my hand over his mouth. I say, don't say that. That's my (laughs) church. I'm just leaving because I'm a scavenge. Don't say that about Scientology. Right. That's how brainwashed I am. And if you watch, there's a video. I was only two weeks out, but Mark Bunker made it. And it's called Magoo Dancing in Boston, which I didn't know he was. Vid- I did. I knew he was videotaping, but I didn't know he was going to make a video about me. Oh, okay. But it's really a fun video. Oh, I'll find but, that. Uh, and I'll link to it in, in the description for oh, this good. video. It's yeah. really great. And, it, and I was only out two weeks. So you see me going, Scientology is communication. It believes in communication, you know, because I, I can't get it that these guys won't talk to me. Yeah. Right. You know, that's how 
you know, and that was only two weeks after I'd been out. Yeah. Wow. What a story. Well, that, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like I said, I think we'll we'll end for, for today if this works for you. But wow. Sure. And thank you so much for taking all that time to kind of walk me through what happened there because Did it I help? know I know oh absolutely. I know I know the story, but just hearing it from you directly personally and helping I think helping people understand that you can crack the plexiglass, you can break through, but yeah. kindness does far more than anything else. Right. Right. Yeah. Really true. Yeah. And and just following your own heart, you know, because I really think if you follow your heart, you know, like Hubbard did say, if it isn't true for you, it isn't true. Right. And people all the time do things that are not really true for them. That's right. It, it's the church. And it's like, you have to know if it isn't true for you, it isn't true. Yes. And you need to follow that path. Yeah. Because that will get you out. Yes, exactly. Safely. Awesome. Yeah. You know? And we're here. <laughs> Yes, exactly. I know. I know. And I never knew you in Scientology, but I met I met you after we escaped. And you're just an amazing person. So thank you for forging forging the way for SPTV. Like I said at the beginning, you are a founding member, Tori. Thank you. It's a big honor. It is. Yes. It really is. Thank you. Thank you. For, awesome. I hope I hope this helped. I hope, oh, I hope. yeah, it absolutely did. And I hope we get I if you're if you're up for it, we'll do another another episode of some of your many, many stories. And and I'll like and I'll link to your channel, too, because you have amazing content on there for a very yeah. long time. So for a long time. Yeah. Yes. Thank yes. you. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing it. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. And we'll talk soon. All right. Peace out. Peace out.